Hi, welcome to Broadway Assembly Church Podcast. We are excited for you to be joining us today. If you want to get a notification of the most recent uploads, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. And I know I have big shoes to fill tonight. Uh, Brother Jones and I have something going. Uh, if you were at camp this summer, uh, we have names for one each other. Uh, I'm the East Side Bishop, and he's the West Side. We got Cleveland covered. I guess we need a south side, and I think I know who that may be. Uh, it's good to be here tonight. Good to see friends from way back, and some more recent, but a definite honor to have been asked to speak here tonight. And um, I think I have something that we can all learn from and appreciate. It's more practical, uh, and I, I want to preface this by saying me what to preach or teach, or did our sister, where she at, Sister Jones, uh, and you'll see why I said that here in a moment. Uh, the message tonight will not be so much corrective as it is instructive and supportive of already what you're doing as a church. I've known you all for many years, even before we went to mentor 23 years ago, going on 24 uh, and I've always appreciated this church. I really have. And uh, you continue to be an inspiration to myself and my wife and uh, our church. Uh, my wife couldn't be here tonight due to some of her work obligations, and she sends her greetings. But I want us to turn to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17. And our brother said we're in for a treat tonight. I hope it's not a trick. And I'm not, I'm not into Halloween, all right? So don't take that wrong. But we've come to be a blessing and an encouragement. So turn to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. Let's start with verse 8. Stand, if you'd like, for the reading of God's word. Exodus 17, verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Ur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Verse 12, but Moses' hands were heavy, tired. I was thinking of having someone stand up here tonight while I preached with their hands up, but I didn't want to torture anyone. You think it's easy? Try it sometime. Try it sometime, just even for a little while. 
Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. My, weren't they just so nice to their leader? <laughs> Thinking about him and his welfare. Oh, if you were a man of God, you wouldn't need to sit down. <laughs> it's amazing what people think sometimes. Notice, they put a stone under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Ur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book. And rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. The Lord's help, I like to teach for us tonight, holding up the hands of God's man. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I know this is appreciation month, and that could be misleading, thinking that's the only time you need to appreciate your pastor. And I know, I remember I said this is not corrective uh, in nature, but instructive and supportive of already what you're doing. But um, we should appreciate every man that's called of God. And I, I just want to unpack this a little bit and uh, bring to remembrance, you know, what we ought to be doing in regards to God's man. One commentator said, under the leadership of Moses, God delivered Israel from Egypt and was led into the wilderness in the route to the promised land. In their journeyings, Israel came to Rephidim. There at Rephidim, the Amalekites, nomadic descendants of Esau, began to conduct assaults against Israel. Now, according to Deuteronomy 25, Amalek's tactics was to attack Israel's rear ranks, all those who were too weak to keep pace in the desert with their fellow Israelites, the stragglers, the ill, the weak, the young, and the weary. Moses sent Joshua to choose out men and to go out and fight Amalek. Good idea. Good idea. We're in a battle. Anybody recognize that? And, uh, you know, is it worse than it's ever been? That's relative. Uh, some of you have gone through some very difficult times. I, I meet a lot of people that go through the depression. And I don't think we're there yet economically. But there's other forces of darkness, spiritual in nature, coming against good people, families, good churches. We're in a warfare. And what are we going to do? Turn and run <laughs> like one of the tribes did? No. We got to fight on. Fight the good fight of what? Faith. And you know what? The Lord will fight with us if we choose to fight. But notice who the devil is after. You know, I've watched some documentaries talking about Africa. You know, you see those lions and tigers and 
You know, they're, they're smart animals, and uh, they wait for their prey to weaken and to tire and to isolate themselves away from the rest of the herd. And believe you me, God, amen, is keeping us if we want kept. But listen, if we begin to stray and weaken and backslide, you can guarantee there's a devil out there just ready to pounce, just ready to attack and devour, the Bible says. That's why it's no time to cool off. It's no time to backslide. Well, what happens here? Uh, we see that Moses holds up his hand. As long as Moses could hold his hand up with the rod of God, the enemy was not able to prevail against Israel. But when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. As long as he lifted the rod with his hand, the enemy had no power over Israel. They could not prevail against them. Not too many of us could hold our hands, as I said earlier, for a long period of time. And really, Moses was no different. I mean, he was a man of God, but you know what? He was also a man, and he had his limitations. Through their support, Aaron and Ur, of Moses, God enabled Israel to prevail over their enemies by Aaron and Ur doing their part. Notice now, Moses' hands were steady until victory was won. Hallelujah. I want to talk tonight about ways to support the man of God, your pastor. Amen. And I know you do, so don't take it wrong. I'm not here. Uh, I mean, if you need corrected, say, uh, oh, me, <laughs> you know, instead of amen. And uh, that's all right. But uh, I, I think you're doing well. I really do. And this is just to support and encourage you to keep on keeping on. First thing I want to talk about is supporting your pastor through praying. That's one of the most practical things. Now, when I say pray, I mean pray. I mean, knows what the Bible says about prayer. Amen. There's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. I don't believe just putting up uh, some praying hands on Facebook is praying. I see that so much, you know, praying, praying. And I hope that's true. I hope when you say you're praying, you really get down on your knees and you seek God. If not, don't say it. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Well, are we praying for the man of God? 1 Timothy 2 says in verses 1 and 2, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all that are in authority. I hope we haven't forgotten that we have people over us in the Lord. And uh, we're going to get to that for a good cause. Amen. They watch for our souls. 1 Thessalonians 5.25, Brethren, pray for us. I remember hearing an evangelist uh, over two, three decades ago. He was really becoming famous worldwide. Had a tremendous ministry in many nations, growing, taking in millions of dollars every day. But we saw that he fell and became humiliated and he had this testimony when he finally repented. He said, you know what? I got to the point. I never thought I had to ask for prayer. 
Oh, listen, I don't care how big you get in the kingdom, so to speak. We always need each other's prayers. Can you say amen? Gardner Spring, that's his name. He lived back in the 1800s. He wrote about the need to pray for pastors. He penned this. If a people are looking for rich sermons, how many like good sermons? Hope you get one here tonight. Amen. Uh, If you want good sermons from your minister... Their prayers must supply him with the needed material. And then he went on to say, it is in their own closets. Jesus talked about going into your closet of prayer. It is in their own closets that the people of God most effectively challenge their beloved ministers to take heed to the ministry they have received from the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you pray for your pastor, God is answering prayer. He's able to help and strengthen and sustain and supply the needed word, amen, that you all need and that he needs from heaven. Praise God. I may remember hearing of Charles Spurgeon, that great preacher of yesteryear. He's known as a great preacher, but you know he also had a great church. And listen to this story. Spurgeon acknowledged his success as the direct result of his congregational's faithful prayers. It has often been remarked that the whole church helped produce Charles Spurgeon. He started pastoring when he was 19. It wasn't the same church or churches he pastored, but a young man that had a call of God in his life. An amazing testimony how he got saved. He was in a little church on a snowy day. The pastor couldn't make it. I guess he didn't have triple A or whatever, a plow. This is back in the 1800s. But a deacon got up and preached a simple message out of Isaiah saying, look to the Lord or look to the Savior, all the ends of the earth. And Charles Spurgeon got gloriously saved. Not too long after that, he got into the ministry called by God. But notice this here, his congregation at New Park there in England. It has often been remarked that the whole church helped produce Spurgeon. When visitors would come to Spurgeon's church, he would take them to the basement prayer room where people were always on their knees interceding. Then Spurgeon would declare, here is the powerhouse of this church. You know, when a minister, a pastor, an evangelist, a missionary gets up and delivers their soul, You can be guaranteed not only their prayers and their wives and whoever else is behind them personally, but a congregation was beseeching God that he would anoint them and give them the message of the hour. Thank God for this church and your prayer meetings. I know you have them weekly. And sometimes maybe they're not well attended as you'd like them to be, but I'll tell you, it doesn't take many to get a hold of God. They said the Welch Revival, read about that sometime, when, when uh, oh, what was his name, Evan Roberts, you know, he had one main message, Lord, bend me, Lord, bend me, amen, humble me, humble us, amen, and God brought a, a wonderful revival to Wales and to Ireland and that area of the world, and, and they, they can actually uh, look back and, and they can see the beginning of it was two women that dedicated themselves for praying for revival to come to that area of the world. Listen, 
where two or three are gathered, right? Amen. Don't underestimate, amen, a small gathering. As you seek the Lord, you fast and you call upon the Lord, amen, to bless the man of God and your church. 2 Thessalonians 3.1, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified. Speaking of missionaries, William Carey, a simple cobbler who knew that he was not his own but God's possession, changed the history of world missions and the face of India over 200 years ago. However, what is little known is that William Carey's sister was paralyzed and bedridden for 50 years and unable to speak much at that time. Nevertheless, she allowed herself to be propped up in bed to write encouraging letters to her brother. And even more powerful is the fact that she prayed for her brother William several hours a day during that 50-year span. Amen. Her body, writes one commentator, her body may have been paralyzed, but not her soul and her spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. You may not be able to do much physically for the Lord as you used to be able to, but you can certainly pray. Even if you have to write them out. Amen. May God use us to pray for Pastor Jones and his wife and all the workers here and this congregation. Hallelujah. That's how we hold up the hands of the man of God. Notice, number two, support your pastor by following him, not just praying for him, but following. You know, they were to follow Moses, right? He was God's ordained man. And we even see where some of his own kin said, God doesn't just speak to Moses, he can speak to me too. And that's true, but the spirit was arrogance. It was a rebellious tone. And you know what? God defended Moses in that situation. Listen, God knows what he's doing. Can you say amen? Amen. Uh, You know, there's a term in sports, uh, Monday morning quarterback. And and, uh, we got to be careful with that. That doesn't mean we can't be critical thinking and even question in a good way, just like Mary did. How how can this be? Seeing I know not a a, a man. And in that light, she wasn't cynical about it. But listen, God knows who... Uh, he's working through primarily and we need to be behind that and follow the vision of the man of God as he's following God we need to follow him if he stops following God and this book then we stop following him that's what starts cults but I don't think you have any fear of that here You have a good, holiness man of God that loves God, loves his family loves the word of God and gives you the word of God follow him as he's following the Lord. Listen, Hebrews 13, 17, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy. i got to stop there. You know what breaks a pastor's heart? I mentioned it before. When he sees all the time invested, he prays. Him and his wife and family, they they put their time and effort. And when they see someone straying and backsliding, oh, it crushes a true man of God. Maybe not all, 
You know, even if someone continues to come, but, you know, their, their life just isn't the same. They can give amounts, good, goodly amounts of money, even maybe work physically. But if there's a spiritual decline, believe you me, a good man of God feels that. It's not joy. Amen. It's sorrow. It grieves the heart of the man of God. It grieves God's heart. And it grieves the man of God. Listen, uh, pastors want to give an account to God and, and they want to do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you, says the writer of Hebrews. God has constituted various levels of authority under his ultimate authority. The purpose for all authority is to protect and bless those under authority. God establishes the authority of civil governments to protect and bless law-abiding citizens from those who would harm or take advantage of them. In the family, God appoints husbands to have authority under Christ in order to protect and bless their wives and children. And let me uh, interject something here to this commentator. You see what the devil's fighting? He's fighting the church. He's fighting the word of God. And he has been. He's fighting the family. He's fighting the authority in society, in the home, in the church. Because he knows if he can undermine those authority, he can destroy that work. Whether it's in the home, whether it's in the church, or whether it's in the nations. God help us. Notice. God has given pastors. Shepherds is another term. To oversee what? The flock of God. Paul writes about that, or it's written about what he said in the book of Acts. There at Ephesus, there are ravenous wolves out to devour. And I'll tell you, you ought to be thankful for a minister that watches for your souls. He's pouring his life, the voice of God, the vision of God into your life to protect you. I was talking to someone earlier about my own physical health and making some changes for the better. I wish I would have started earlier. Someone said in your 30s and 40s, make sure you watch out for your health because when 50 and 60 rolls around, the check engine light comes on. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, listen, friends, preventative is way more than curative. That's why we come Sunday after Sunday. Sometimes we don't feel like it, but we're taking note. We turn in the Word of God. Every day we're taking seriously what we're being taught at church and our Sunday school teachers. Why? It's watching for our souls. And what's the most valuable part of us is our souls. What shall a profit a man if he gained the whole world? Oh, pastor, I'm being blessed financially and otherwise. And, you know, I, I, I know I'm not where I should be, but, you know, look at, hey, listen, don't let the enemy fool you. Your soul is first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things we worry about shall be added unto you. Doesn't mean you can't Try to succeed and prosper in this life, but make sure it's behind your soul prospering. Yeah. Amen. That's what the Word of God teaches. Paul the Apostle said in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. You know why Paul could say that? Now listen, when the Word of God was written, 
It wasn't written with chapters and verses. Those were added later. Look what comes right before that claim, command, as it were, of Paul. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. If you look at chapter 10, verses 31 and 33 through 33, he says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to what? The glory of God. That's a good principle to live by. No matter what you do. Amen. Do it to the... Would God approve? I remember it wasn't too long ago. Everybody had this craze. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Right. Amen. What would Jesus want me to do? You could add that, right? And uh, I'll tell you what he wants you to do. Whatever glorifies him. Amen. Whatever blesses him, he'll smile. You know, God the Father looked down on Jesus and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You can please the Lord. Did you know that? Amen. Amen. By your faith and obedience, living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love. Hallelujah. That's the way we need to live. But notice he goes on. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks, or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. I can tell you as a minister of the gospel, it's easy when you preach those sweet, dessert-type <laughs> sermons. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear that, you know. But how about the meat of God's word? How about getting down? You know, I remember hearing of a preacher. He had one lady, and she would just say amen, and that's what you want. You know, people getting behind you. But one Sunday, he noticed she wasn't saying anything. And he was really, you know, what do they call it down south? Shucking the corn, or, you know, he was really getting with it. And afterwards, someone came up to him and said, Sister, I didn't hear you saying anything. She said, he went to preaching and he went on to meddling. <laughs> amen. He went on to meddling. Sometimes God needs the meddle in our business. Can you say amen? And he uses the man of God to do it. I remember when I first got saved, I went to a Pentecostal church. Growing up in a nominal church, we all thought the Pentecostal people were out of their minds. Anybody else think that? And when I went to my first service, I, I'll guarantee there wasn't many of us, 30, 40. And I'll guarantee... Uh, I had the heaviest arms and hands in the place because I didn't lift them. <laughs> Amen. I, you know what? That's all I can do now is lift my hands. Something happened to me. Praise God. But I'll tell you what, friends. We need, amen, to be in a place where we get fed. Fed the Word of God. Fed from the Spirit of God. And who brings about that generally is the man of God. Amen. He's there to help. Make sure and assure that things, and there's others, it's not just him. He has a team. He counts on deacons and, and elders. The Bible speaks to that. But this is what this church wants, right? Amen. To hear from God. It'd be easy just to preach just any old message. To You know, the Bible calls it the tickling of ears. That's right. These doctrines, smooth words. And I, I, I appreciate those kind of messages, not, not the deceptive ones, but, you know, the ones that we really like to run the aisles and shout on. But I'll tell you, sometimes we are just not saying a whole lot because we're just, 
We're taking it in. Amen. And we're being fed. And God, help us to have more. Listen to Hebrews 13, 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their behavior. Conversation. Hallelujah. I remember my first pastor in Pentecost, a good man, African-American man of God, Willie Spencer. is a church of God, but he was still holding on to the old paths. That's where I got my hunger for truth and through uh, some amazing uh, open doors that God orchestrated, went on to free gospel and got some more teaching about, you know, sanctification and things along those lines. But I'll never forget how much I admired him. I didn't worship him. I, I thank God for him. And, and uh, I, I wasn't close to my earthly father, even though I love him. And I still really uh, uh, am closer to him since my mother died. But as far as spiritual things, I needed a spiritual father. And that's what my, my pastor was to me. And I believe, uh, you know, he helped me in the ministry getting started. And even now I look back and, and different things that he handled and the way he handled it. They still resonate in my mind. Listen, you can learn so much. Amen. If you just make an effort to follow in a good way the man of God and his wife and family, they're here for that reason. They're here for you. And that's what Paul is saying here. Notice number three, and i got to move on or I won't be asked back. Amen. All right. Uh, number three, support your pastor by defending him. Praying for him. Following him, defending him. Can I say refusing to listen to the naysayers, the gossip? If there's anything the enemy would love to do is to split homes, split families, split church families. Now listen, I know sometimes it's necessary, you know, down through history and even modern history there's had to be movements come out from among them but we're not talking about doctrine now we're just talking about things that are really nonsense and preferences that we need to grow up we can agree to disagree on things I when I was a, a kid I, I, I talked about that nominal church and I didn't know a whole lot back then I wasn't paying a lot of attention like 13 and 14 don't, if there's any 13 or 14-year-olds, don't get mad at me. But, you know, I, I had more things to worry about than my, my church that I went to. I was an acolyte. I sat on the front row with a robe, a front row with a robe on. And I, I, my responsibility was to light the candle at the beginning and make sure it got turned out. And in between, I slept. <laughs> or I daydreamed. Sad to say, that's, that's an honest testimony, you know, that church. But I remember a family I got close to, some of the kids, we were all tight, we had a youth group, and they left the church one Sunday. And later on, we found out why, because they didn't appreciate the way some things were painted around the church. I'm being serious, and I hope I'm not meddling now. But I'll tell you what, friends, <laughs> I'm sure the pastor doesn't want someone to leave over how something was painted, all right? I don't think I need to say a whole lot more on that. We, we need to understand, you know, how many's married? Happily married. How many happily married couples even have a challenge agreeing on everything? Come on. 
Well, that's the way it's going to be in the family of God. We're not going to agree on everything. But let's pray through it and be spiritual enough to get over it so we don't give Pastor Jones ulcers. Amen. I'm telling you, you didn't tell me to preach this. One, one brother said, I'm trying to pastor a, a four-ulcer church on two ulcers. God help us. There's an old story. Let me read this first. First Timothy 5.19. Against an elder, receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Wow. Wow. I saw the pastor. Yeah, what? What? Yeah. Do you know gossip has to be fed and received? Come on. It's a way to put out fires. You know how? Don't pour gas on it. Pour water on it. There's an old story about a pastor who was trying to defend himself against criticism. He said, there's a story going about that I told my wife not to go to a certain church that became wild in their worship. They say my wife went anyway, that I dragged her out of the church by her hair and hurt her so badly that she had to go to the hospital. First of all, I never told her to stay away from that church. Secondly, I didn't drag her out by her hair. And then thirdly, she never had to go to the hospital. Lastly, I've never been married, so I don't even have a wife. <clears throat> Lies travel around the world faster than truth can put their shoes on. Proverbs 17, 4, a wicked, notice what God says, a wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. Ephesians 4, 29 to 32, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. You know what edifying means? It means to build up. That's why we call them edifices. To build up, not to bring down. Right. Amen. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another. Tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. You know, I'm convinced people have unresolved anger issues and they can't get to God so to speak they know they can't hurt God so you know what what's the next closest thing the man of God and when they can't get to the man of God guess who's the closest thank you pastor's wife yeah we need to pray for pastor's wives too right <clears throat> they take a lot so this is not corrective. Hopefully this is supportive of what you're already doing. Keep it up. Keep it up. Lastly, support your pastor by supporting him. That's a big general term, and we've kind of, we're summarizing it now, but I want to talk about it practically and then spiritually, and I'm not going to hold you much longer. Practically and spiritually supporting the man of God. Practically meeting his needs and some of his wants, right? Some of his wants. God does that with us. Aren't you glad you don't get everything you want? 
If I got everything I want, I wouldn't be married to Denise back in the day. And I'm glad at, at the time, you know, God saw fit to break a relationship. And uh, at the time, I didn't understand it, but God knew he had this beautiful lady from Goshen, Indiana waiting for me. Amen. And I'm glad he said no. He gives us what we need and some of what we want. And it's the same way with the church. I think some churches are afraid to bless their pastor too much. <laughs> oh, listen, friends, I know Brother Jones. You're not going to give him the big head. He's a humble man, and I'm so glad that you all treat them so well. Amen. Keep it up, like I said. Paul said, even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Amen. The pastors are referred to as elders. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 5, 17 to 18, Let the elders that rule well be counted of double honor. Amen. Double honor, especially they who labor. And I'll tell you, Pastor Jones labors, and so does Brother Cruz. In the word and doctrine, there is a special reason why pastors must be given double honor because they teach and preach the word of God. The statement worthy of double honor makes it clear when the scripture says he is worthy of his reward. Are you ready? I don't know. I should have giving you an outline. I'm sorry for that. But there's a good godly role to live by here. And I'm not going to go on and on because I don't think you need to hear it on and on. I think you got it. But notice, every church should have concerning the financial care of its pastor should be to, number one, pay him as much as you can, not the least that you can get by with. You know why that is? Because you free him from financial struggles. I, I don't know what it is why uh, members of the church think that they need enough to get by. <laughs> and, and I'm not talking about Broadway here, but I'll tell you, it is a problem and has been, I'm sure, down through the ages. I have a church that really helps us, and I'm so glad they do the best they can. I believe that. You know why? Because if you want him to be in tune with God and giving his efforts to the word of God and prayer and, and, and visitation and, and all the rest and getting up at 3 a.m. to go and pray for someone, listen, then he's not going to be able to have a bunch of worry hanging over his head how he's going to take care of the bills at home. So that's why this is a must. As far as possible, someone said, pay him accordingly. But then secondly is spiritually, practically and spiritually, using your own, if you are under this man of God, this pastor. And listen, I have to add this. <laughs> we know some folks, they like to church hop. And it's not that they're trying to find the perfect church. They have churches they visit literally around the month. They go, here this Sunday, and here that Sunday, and here that Sunday. And they think it's so brilliant and so spiritual, but it's not biblical. You need a pastor. You wonder why there's so much confusion. And even if they're so-called good churches, you know what? You need accountability. Amen. I read that three times in Hebrews 13. It talks about obeying. Amen. Those that have the rule over you. That means you put yourself under them for accountability. 
You're not afraid to get a call. Hey, where was you the last couple Sundays? Just thinking about you, not criticizing you, not to get into your deep personal life, but we're concerned about you, brother, sister. And when you do that, I mean, these pastors are like, who's, who's got them this week? <laughs> That's not how it works. Thank you for those amens. Hallelujah. Listen to Ephesians 4. And he himself gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? You know, we quote that as the fivefold ministry, but here's why. For what? Anybody there? It's really the equipping of the saints. For what? And it goes on to say, for the work of the ministry. Did you know you have a ministry? <laughs> Elsewhere, Paul said, it's the ministry of reconciliation. You know, we thank God for the missionaries called to go overseas and leave their comforts of home and, and all. But you know what? In a sense, we're all missionaries. Amen. We're all called to represent Christ, letting our light shine, even if it's at home. That's where it's got to start. Amen. One, uh, one church was taking up a missions offering like you did Sunday, and this one wealthy guy, they thought he was wealthy, and Guy come by to take up the offering, and guy said, no, I, I don't believe in missions. And the usher said, well, here, take some. It's for the heathen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Woo! Tell you what, friends, we need to have a burden for souls. Amen. And listen, we have a work of ministry, and that's why we're here. We're under a tutelage. We're here to pray for ourselves, to build ourselves up. On our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? So we can be equipped to go out and to serve Jesus Christ in these last days. Oh, hallelujah. Pastors cannot do the work alone. I knew a church that interviewed their pastor. He came to preach and he did an outstanding job. And the first couple questions, do you mow the grass? Do you shovel the snow? And listen, they had capable people, but they were so used to the man of God. And listen, I know Brother Jones, you can't stop him. <laughs> if there's something to do, he wants to be right there. That's him. I get it. But listen, thank God he doesn't have to. Amen. That's the key right there. He, he probably enjoys it, using his gifts and abilities. But how about you? How many knows that we're likened to the body, not just the bride, but the body of Christ? And I don't know about you, but I want a healthy body. I referenced that earlier. I want my pinky finger to work. Amen. I want my foot to work. I, I want the whole body, the eyes. Amen. And all. And listen, God wants a healthy body. He wants a healthy church. And that means you got to be active. As our sister comes, amen, to the piano. When we think of Moses... Seeking to bring victory to Israel over Amalek, he could not continue to hold up the rod of God alone. Aaron and her had to come alongside him and help him hold up high the banner. But the people also had to go out and face the battle. Victory is never won alone. 
That's why you come every Sunday, every Wednesday, and you get fed and you get blessed and, and the pastor prays and others in leadership are watching out for you because they want to see you have victory. Victory over sin. Victory over the world. Victory over the devil. And you know what? There is victory in Jesus Christ if we do it right. Hallelujah. As we all stand. One of the best ways for you to grow personally and spiritually is to get behind your pastor. I believe rebellion against God's authority over our life stymies us. It really does. It blocks the blessings. And we have so many accounts of that in the Word of God. When they weren't unified in the truth, an enemy outside didn't necessarily have to destroy them. They were destroying themselves. But as long as they followed God's man and God's vision and God's word, they had victory. Hallelujah. Are you serving the Lord by serving the man of God? Amen. I love what it says in Psalm 100. Serve the Lord with gladness. You know, I, I've always believed this, that the greatest, no, not the greatest, the easiest job in the church, anybody want to take a stab at it? It's the critic. It's the critic. You just point out everything that's wrong. That's easy. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Read, when you go home or put it on your homework list, read, read the beginning of this, this chapter. They murmured against Moses. Moses like, what am I going to do with these people? <laughs> Moses had the Amalekites to worry about, but he also had the Israelites. <laughs> That's double trouble. Pray to God that you're not a problem in a wrong sense to the man of God, but rather be a blessing. I'll tell you, let me just add this and I'm closing. There is... Uh, Something about serving at one place for years. And I can name certain ones that have been a real pastor's helper. Someone that really befriended me. Not, not, not so they could get something out of me in a wrong way. But they just realized I needed help. I've even had men take me out on Saturday for visitation. I didn't have to drive because I drive all week long. I didn't ask. They just offered and it was a blessing. We'd go out and visit, and I didn't have, you know, I could concentrate and pray along the way. There's little things. Be creative and offer yourself to God and offer yourself to the man of God. Someone has said that we need to leave the ranks of the consumer and join the ranks of the contributor. You know, we're so good about taking in, and thank God we do. We drink in. I watch, you know, when I can, the, the, the videos of the pastors here preaching, and I enjoy it. I take it in. But is that all we do is take in? We take in so we can give out. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this church, Broadway Assembly. What a rich history. What great men of God have pastored here. And Lord, uh, brother and sister Jones, you have sent them. You've anointed them. You have sent this congregation as well to back them. Oh, what a great team they make. 
We are living in the last of the last days. And oh God, how we need the blessings and the anointing and the power of God. Oh Lord, help us to support the Joneses. Lord, by doing it prayerfully, by following them as they follow Christ, by defending them against all things that would attack them, and then by supporting them practically, financially, and spiritually. We pray it all in your holy name. Amen. You know, I like to ask you just to find a place to pray and say, God, what would you have me to do? Amen. To be a greater blessing to this church and to the man and woman of God you sent here. Let's come and let's seek the Lord. You know, the Bible says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Oh, we're a Pentecostal church, aren't we? Have you sought the Lord to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Oh, how Pastor Jones would love that. Or to be refilled. You'd come and say, Pastor, I volunteer. What do you need? I'm here. I'm here to help. Oh, yes. Hold up his hands. Hold up Sister Jones's hands. Hallelujah. They're worthy of it. God sent them. They're obedient to God. Be obedient to God by getting behind them. Oh, hallelujah. Father, I pray for Brother and Sister Jones. I thank you for their lives. They're good friends of ours. Lord, I thank you for their lives and their ministry. They've given their all. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the other ministries within this church. We know Pastor and Sister Jones can't do it alone. They need help. Thank God for the helpers. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We at Broadway want to say thank you for joining us in worship today via online. We want to invite you to like our Facebook page as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. And please, if you don't mind, share us across your social media platforms. Let me just say a quick prayer of blessing today as we just conclude our time together in this video. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for this avenue of worship that we have to utilize our online tools and furthering your gospel, furthering your kingdom. I pray that you would bless those who have tuned in today. Keep your hand on them. Minister to their hearts. Minister to their minds. And God, just do a work in their lives. We love you, Jesus, and we praise your holy name. Amen.